Hi, welcome to Leadership in Shots. Hi, Mukta. Hi. I was really looking forward to coming back to this conversation with you. Hmm. Last time we discussed who is a narcissist, how to identify them from what they say and do. It would be very helpful if we could go through a quick recap. Sure, sure, sure. So narcissism is, like I said, extreme involvement with self, to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them. And I also spoke about uh, ways to spot a narcissist, uh, the kind of behaviors that they engage in, like certain kinds of emotionally manipulative behaviors, uh, gaslighting, love bombing, triangulation, and various others. I also talked about, I think, the myth of echo and narcissus. You did. Uh, so today, I also want to refer to another important novel by Oscar Wilde. Uh, it's called The Portrait of Dorian Gray. And I think it's uh, another piece of work that our listeners should read if they want to understand a narcissist uh, deeply. Mm-hmm. So both Narcissus and Dorian were incapable of interest in or love for anyone else. Mm. They were oblivious to their own arrogance, sense of entitlement or even cruelty to the women who loved them. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's important. It's an important piece of work uh, if we want to understand Narcissus really well. Thank you, Mukta. In this episode, we shall talk about how to deal with narcissistic people and narcissism. Mm-hmm. But before that, I have a question. How do narcissistic people impact the ones around them? In other words, what happens to people around narcissists? So yeah, it's a very important question and it's indeed difficult to be around a narcissist. Not only in personal relationships, but also at work, um, even socially. So it's very important to uh, understand what's happening to us when we are around them. So I think uh, people who are around narcissists, they have a constant feeling of uh, being trapped or blindsided. Yeah. So if somebody is feeling like that, I think it's time to reflect on what's happening to me uh, when I'm around this person. Then there's always this confusion that uh, if this person, this narcissist uh, says that he loves me, then why does he show me so little empathy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's this feeling of... Uh, being manipulated and uh, yet there's a feeling of helplessness to be able to stop it. Yeah, You feel emotionally unsafe uh, and even threatened. Uh, you feel frustrated at times. You feel small, isolated, helpless, hopeless. And um, in intimate relationships, you always confused. Uh, what is what is this happening around me? Why is this person when they behave particularly in a, you know, emotionally manipulative kind of a, a way mm-hmm. uh, it it actually brings in a lot of sluggishness and fatigue and heaviness to the person who's around them mm. at work also your peers or colleagues or subordinates they feel very uh, frustrated uh, with a with a narcissist and they feel over scrutinized they feel that uh, they are being watched sometimes they feel unseen unheard Mm-hmm. And most importantly, there's this feeling of not feeling good enough, not being good enough for the person. So you're constantly uh, striving to please the person. And uh, so it's it's very difficult to be around a narcissistic manager, narcissistic boss, narcissistic peer uh, or a narcissistic partner. Mm-hmm. But a lot of leaders are narcissists 
they must be doing something really well isn't it mm. i am surprised why do people put up with narcissists yeah i think that's a great question and it's a question mark for people who tolerate narcissists also <laughs> it's quite complicated um, and it's also very simple to understand like i said leaders narcissistic leaders or people who are narcissists sometimes are very charming uh, they're very inspiring they make things happen so people tolerate such people because they are making change happen they're inspiring other people so that's one very simple reason why people uh, put up with narcissism and narcissists we call this narcissistic tolerance and uh, it also happens because uh, sometimes the other person who's tolerating a narcissist also has narcissistic tendencies so in mm. a way they help each other Mm. so something in you uh, relates to something in me i tolerate you so that's one reason and not much research has been done on this area but it's one very important reason why people tolerate narcissists is because what they because of what they bring to the table the other reason is what we call as the empathy trap so sometimes people in intimate relationships they over empathize with the narcissist and uh, they temporarily even block their awareness of their own needs and a lot of um, i don't wish to talk about gender and narcissism here but uh, yes a lot of women in narcissistic relationships so that their partner is narcissistic they um, kind of block their own needs and cater to the narcissist mm-hmm. even if the narcissist is kind of emotionally manipulating them or uh, engaging in behaviors like gaslighting and love bombing and stuff that i talked about in the previous episode so yeah there is this uh, term called as the empathy track and it is often used in uh, you know addiction treatment to refer to experience of people who enable loved ones with addictions due to the empathy that they feel yeah mm-hmm. but it also applies to relationships which enable unhealthy imbalanced or abusive treatment yeah so i think not much work has been done around narcissistic tolerance but uh, this is an area to explore really interesting are the narcissists self aware sometimes they are and sometimes they're not again there even if they are aware are they really doing anything about it that's the other question so even if they are aware some people choose not to do much about it but there are leaders there are some leaders who know that they have narcissistic tendencies and they engage with coaching and i'm going to talk about a case study of one of the leaders that i've experienced myself um as a coach so i was coaching a leader like that i'll talk to you about that in a little while uh, but yeah the ones who are not aware and mm. if you make them aware of uh, their narcissistic tendencies they get very upset at times so it's really a difficult one mm-hmm they can be very irritable they can kind of lash back they can get into like i said earlier a victim mode so while they are manipulating uh, they might just project it onto the other person so it's quite a difficult one to make a narcissist aware of their own narcissism but but there's hope with people who <laughs> who are aware okay. and who do stuff about it more and more large corporations are getting into bed with narcissists mm. they are finding that there is no substitute for narcissistic leaders in the age of innovation can narcissism be productive creative both for organizations and the society absolutely which is why we are talking about this subject we have many narcissistic leaders who are extremely creative very productive and both actually 
for organizations and uh, to cite a few examples like leaders like Jack Welch and George Soros are examples of productive narcissists. Mm-hmm. They are gifted and creative and they see the big picture. They find meaning in risky challenges of a changing world and they also leave behind a legacy. Mm-hmm. So uh, particularly if we look at uh, the current scenario where uh, uh, COVID, for example, refuses to leave us. You still have uh, viruses floating around. And in in, uh, this kind of an environment, actually, uh, a narcissistic leader could be a very uh, inspiring, influencing change agent. So there is um, this whole productivity, creativity kind of a thing that's associated and influence associated with a narcissist. So we look to productive narcissists in times of great transition, like I said now. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have the audacity to push through the massive transformation that the society periodically undertakes. So productive narcissists are not only risk takers, they are not only willing to get the job done, but they are also charmers who can convert the masses with their rhetoric. Mm-hmm. So narcissists will always be popular. yeah. But there's a danger that narcissism can turn unproductive when lacking self-knowledge and restraining anchors. Yeah. Mm. Or uh, when narcissists become uh, unrealistic dreamers. Uh, and then they have this tendency towards grandiosity and distrust. So that is the ashless heel of narcissists. That's the weakest point. So even brilliant narcissists can come under suspicion for self-involvement or unpredictability. Um, and in even extreme cases, um, paranoia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are again two sides of the same coin. Indeed. Which brings me to the most important question of today. As subordinates, peers, family members, how do we deal with narcissists? You practically live with the manager or your company leader day in, day out. How do you do this without screwing your own self-worth? Yeah, I think um, I agree it's the most important question for today. Two things that I'd like to talk about here. One, uh, a narcissistic leader working on self and his own awareness or her own awareness of self. Mm -hmm. And the other is about uh, how do people around cope. Yeah. So let me first talk about this one exceptional narcissistic CEO who asked me to help him understand why he often lost his temper Mm -hmm. with his subordinates. So he lived far away from my home city. So we had sessions on Zoom and uh, the sessions were quite sporadic and very unorthodox. So he kept a journal of his dreams. Yeah, wow. And uh, it was very fascinating. And then we interpreted uh, some of those things that he talked about together, either by phone or over Zoom. And our analysis uncovered very painful feelings of being unappreciated that went back to his inability to impress a very cold father, parent that he had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he came to realize that he demanded an unreasonable amount of praise from people around him now wow. to kind of overcompensate for what he didn't get then. So it was very interesting. And uh, then he felt unappreciated uh, by subordinates sometimes and then he kind of became furious. So he got to that awareness uh, with some of these conversations that we had. Mm -hmm. So once he understood that, he was able to recognize his own narcissism and even laugh about it at times saying, look, I'm catching myself do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the middle of work, He even announced to his top team members one day that he was being coached and that we were having these conversations. And and then um, 
even his subordinates started appreciating this about him uh, slowly. So, you know, one of his subordinates told him that you know, we, we see what you're doing and you don't get so angry anymore. So uh, there was this whole shift or transition that we mm-hmm. saw actually in a case study and a very senior person. And like I say, uh, it gets very lonely at the top. Uh, yes. uh, with these leaders, yeah, and then these people who can then work on themselves in a way that they become productive narcissists instead of those destructive ones, yeah. In addition to being self-reflective, they are also likely to be more open, likable, good-humored, and like I said, they are charming anyway. So, productive narcissists—they have a—they have perspective. They're able to detach themselves, laugh at their irrational needs, and. Uh, Obviously, they're serious about achieving their goals because they can't fail. And uh, they become playful. They gain this ability to laugh at themselves. And they also gain some humility as they work at themselves. So Mm -hmm. this is one example that I uh, have experienced in my own life. So I, I said I should talk about it. And the other piece is about people around this uh, narcissistic leader. And some reflection might help them also in order to make healthy changes. Uh, Like we say in behavioral sciences that you can't change uh, the other person, you can only change yourself. So the first set of things that I'll talk about here is what can people do to deal with a narcissistic leader or a narcissistic manager, yeah? So uh, I think even personal relationships, uh, managing personal relationships with a narcissistic person is uh, quite difficult. So... I think it's important to first ask this question, saying what are the positive aspects of this relationship? How is this relationship uh, bothering me? How is it uh, problematic? What are the emotional needs? What are my emotional needs that go unmet in this relationship? So once you ask yourself these questions, you might be in a better position to manage your expectations. Yeah. So Can I let go of some of my expectations for emotional fulfillment to work with a very special, inspiring, narcissistic person? So that's one of the realistic uh, goals to have Mm -hmm. uh, when you're working with a narcissistic person. The other is less contact. Sometimes it's not possible, but uh, wherever it is, can you limit seeing this person or seeing them in situations where those situations are not really very difficult for you? Yeah. Mm. Talking about, you know, your emotional needs in a non-threatening way is also another way. And uh, it's about expressing your needs. It is a tough one. Yes, I agree. So depending on how deep the narcissistic traits of the other are, telling them that you need more from the relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can lead to conflict, but uh, uh, keeping it inside, instead of keeping it inside, expressing it in a non-threatening way, finding the right time to have this conversation is also uh, quite helpful. Sometimes estrangement is also an answer. Mm -hmm. You know, it may sound drastic, but you may just want to not be around that. Or we call it ghosting or Mm. breakup or whatever. But then when you're working for a narcissist, and uh, that's a tricky one because they are your managers. So one is because the manager lacks empathy, more empathy from your side might be helpful for you. To save your job unless you have uh, many people wanting you. So mm-hmm. empathizing with your boss's feelings, uh, but not expecting a lot of empathy back. So looking elsewhere for your own self-esteem. 
because narcissistic person is always probably going to make you feel not good enough mm-hmm. so maybe some satisfiers outside or uh, then it's important to praise his achievements and reinforce his best impulses mm-hmm. um of course you don't have to be shamelessly psychophantic because an intelligent narcissist can see through flattery so uh, they know who independently appreciates them and uh, genuinely appreciates them so they know that yeah so be careful if he asks for an honest evaluation you must give an honest evaluation yeah because he'll resent any honesty that threatens the inflated image of self yeah of themselves yeah so it's important to maintain that delicate balance there where you're not uh, kind of overly praising them but at the same time you're praising them enough the other one is giving your manager or boss ideas uh, but letting them take the credit for it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finding out what they think before presenting your views some of those little things work not in a manipulative way but yeah it's always uh, better to anticipate uh, before you meet these people mm-hmm. then if you believe that they're wrong show them a different approach instead of telling them that they're wrong because they can't take it so can you be more prepared with an alternative when they present something and you differ yeah mm-hmm. disagreeing only when you can demonstrate really how they will benefit from a different point of view so right. that's very helpful the other one is yeah more tactical where we say uh, hone your time management skills because they do ask for uh, certain kinds of things which are sometimes impossible to execute in that amount of time so uh, carve out free time for yourself only when you know that they are uh, that there's a lull in his schedule or her schedule so yeah those are some of the tactical ways of dealing with a narcissistic manager and and of course uh you don't have to take bad behavior keep your resume polished <laughs> i tell <laughs> i tell this to people saying if you're good you don't have to keep working for you know a bad behaving manager yeah. that's right thank you mukta it was indeed a fascinating peek into the mind and heart of a narcissist our audience i'm sure will reflect on these insights mm-hmm. and i'm sure there is much more to read and understand about narcissism mm-hmm. but we'll leave that to the listeners sure it was wonderful talking to you deepak about this uh, wonderful subject and uh, it's been my favorite uh, for quite some time um, and yes the answer lies in awareness both of self and others and then a journey of continuously working on self for more on leadership do visit us at www.muktakamplika.com and get in touch with us for leader development needs <laughs>